And in addition to all the fabulous prizes awarded here in our studio, we'd like to thank our home players, Eric Steele, Trevor Iflute, Charles Alba, Louis Burmeister, and Kevin Flythe for exemplary servants as faithful spoiler rights. They win an all-expense-paid trip to wherever they are and a year's supply of our home game. This one goes out to them. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. Are you ready, kids? I can't hear you. Oh, who lives equidistant from all of the sea? Steven Schleicher. Acerbic and hairless and portly is he? Steven Schleicher. If comics and awesome is something you miss, Steven Schleicher. Then shave off your hair and talk just like this. Steven Schleicher. Steven Schleicher. Steven Schleicher. On the air. And also some other guys. Oh, Welcome and to issue what? 445 of the Major it Spoilers was... Podcast. So glad that you could join us this week. we got a lot to get to, including Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips' Criminal. We'll talk about the first arc in that. Before we do that, let's get to some news. <laughs> on the docket today, we've got uh, a new RoboCop suit that has appeared online. MacGyver comic is finally coming. Uh, the death of Charles Xavier. Oops, spoiler. And uh, the Avengers <laughs> Arena has been announced. Let's spin that spoilerly wheel of destiny and see where we land. I think it would land on like number three months until Charles Xavier returns. We actually <laughs> land on the new Robo- RoboCop spotted in the wild. Uh, ComingSoon.net uh, got some p- pictures from the set of the upcoming uh, RoboCop movie that comes out in August of 2013. Uh, Joel Kinnaman is a RoboCop, and we've got uh, we've seen these pictures. <clears throat> Rodrigo, these you're pictures. a big fan of the RoboCop. I'm an, uh, I'm I'm a fan of it. I'm I, I I think the first one is the best one, and I think the first RoboCop movie. Yeah, oh, and okay. I think the other two weren't as good because they just they weren't trying to say anything. It didn't seem like like the first one had like an actual theme to it anyway um so how do i feel about this uh robocop costume i think it looks stupid which uh means it's probably going to be great because sure we've had it for all these years but if you think about it the original robocop costume is really stupid but also awesome uh yeah the the two don't have to fight but what i'm saying is you know he Looks like a more modern version of a guy with a bucket on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, what do you think of this? Well, I have to preface my comments with... Uh, hang on a second. I have to take a strong drink. Ah, thank you. I really, really liked this costume when they first uh, showed me it, which was about three years ago, and they said it was going to be Snake Eyes in um, the G.I. Joe uh, movie. I, I, I feel like it looks just like something we've seen a thousand times before with sculpted abs. And to me, it doesn't look either like a robo or a cop. He doesn't look robotic. He doesn't look cybernetic. He looks like a guy in a rubber suit. Now, does that mean that he's going to look like a guy in a rubber suit in the movie? Absolutely not. In fact, I'm willing to say that they could make a decent film out of it, even though he looks just like Snake Eyes. And Batman, 
and pretty much any superhero movie made since the turn of the century. But RoboCop, to me, was a movie that was made specifically to be 20 minutes into the future of 1987. Mm -hmm. So remaking RoboCop now, 30 years down the line or 25 years down the line, seems senseless because 20 minutes into the future of 2012 is essentially still 20 years beyond that dystopian, you know, Cold War kind of world that RoboCop was actually set in. I, you know, I mean, all of the stuff that Clarence Boddicker did in that movie, we've we've got real life people who do worse on a daily basis and, you know, get lauded for it. So you know, you know what, though? I don't That's... necessarily know that it's going to be a good movie or a bad movie. I probably won't watch it. I didn't really like necessarily this design, not because it didn't have a bucket on his head, but because RoboCop in the old film actually looked like he had robotic parts. He looked like a guy that they literally chopped bits off and, you know, sewed him into a costume and then bolted his head together. What were you going to say, Rodrigo? Oh, no, I, I was I was going to say that, you know, uh, Matthew has a point, but it also kind of, re I, I think it kind of reinforces why it probably isn't a bad idea to make a RoboCop movie now. The 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 yeah, it it was you know bred out of that weird dark Cold War, uh, ennui, but you know with uh, a, a depressed economy and with people kind of being all grumbly about things. You know, if they had remade RoboCop in you know 1996, it was called RoboCop Three. All right. If they had rebooted RoboCop, because that that RoboCop was still in that same future. Yeah, yeah. You know, if they had if they had made Blade Runner in the '90s, it wouldn't have worked. If they right. remake, you know, your old dystopian ones now, where people are a little bit more, you know, malcontentish, right? And and Red Foreman isn't doing anything. <laughs> um, we we can we can. It, it might be time for a new RoboCop. Zach, you're mighty quiet over there. Do you even remember the original RoboCop? Have you seen that movie? Um, no. What, I could. What year were you born? Ninety-one. Yeah, it came out several years before yeah. you were born. Eighty-seven. I, I think. I can recognize out. RoboCop if I see a picture of him, but I don't, don't know who he is, and I don't know for hours what on he end. does. And yeah, RoboCop's been why. out of the media yeah, for a long time. Yeah. You know, whereas something like the Terminator keeps popping up. Again. You know. Again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, even Highlander has been on on TV and movies way more than RoboCop. Yeah, RoboCop mm-hmm. had a TV series back in the day too. Mm-hmm. Um, and RoboCop was hyper violent, which means that oh, you yeah. can't see it until you're 18. So Zach won't be able to see it until that originally I think had like 2015. Uh, I think they right, originally yeah. were going to put an X rating on it. Because it was so graphically really? violent, yeah. uh, that's how bad it was. And oh. this is Paul Verhoeven or yeah. Verhaven or whoever was the director on that. I believe. It's and if you've seen Verhoeven, well, however you pronounce it, he also did um, uh, the Bug movie, the, uh, the Starship Starship Troopers. Oh, Starship, 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 Starship Troopers. And so, if you've seen oh, that, that, you kind of know kind of the did Showgirls. Yes, he also <laughs> did Showgirls too. That was also a visceral mess uh, in a different kind of way. Uh, you know, as far as the suit goes, uh, as Matthew said, he he liked it better when he saw it on Snake Eyes. I like this better when Batman wore Batman, it. Batman, yeah, because that's exactly what it looks like uh, to me. Now, I did see kind of a teaser image for RoboCop that has some like red highlights and some mm-hmm. other things going on, like oh, some racing stripes. Is it like RoboCop down the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. That looks kind of cool. I like From, that. From uh, OmniCorp or whatever it is. Yeah. But what do you think of this, Zach? No, it kind of it Trump. definitely looks kind of like Batman with like a weird in the future Cyclops helmet that would look kind of cool on Cyclops. 
Um, that's actually kind of similar to this to the thing that Cyclops is wearing yeah, right now. Is it? Oh yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Um, yeah. But no, I don't know. It doesn't look like a robot. He just looks like a really rich dude that went to the Himalayas and trained for a while and then came back and built a suit. Who <laughs> <laughs> was trained by a League of Assassins uh, yeah. and built a cool suit. Now, I guess the thing that's missing from this, I guess the thing that's missing from this because there's still images, are the... Well, so, so that's, that's so definitely... So if he walks stiffly... You know, and he walks like a robot and does the robot and maybe the I, worm. I, you know, I then, can't, you know, I, I, if, if the suit looks like this, I can't, I, I, I they don't have noisy servos. I yeah. wouldn't, ex- <laughs> I wouldn't expect that he's all like, <laughs> I bet you we will see some sprinting Robocop. Yeah. There are. Here's the thing though. Okay, the, go ahead. One thing that we're not seeing is, you know, like you said, the, the, obviously because we'd never see it, but one thing we're not hearing is the soundtrack. And the other right. thing is the special effects. Thanks. If yeah. they do add glowy things, if they take this suit and they basically cut out all of his joints mm-hmm. with CG yeah. Yeah, and yeah. add, you know, like just holes there with like, and you can see the servos and stuff, kind of like yeah. what the original costume was going for, um, yeah. then this could certainly work. I was looking there. If you go online to YouTube, uh, they've got a uh, Omnicore product line. Uh, this might be from the original. Yeah, this is from 2013. So um, you'll get to see like some images of the ED209 mm-hmm. uh, device that's been updated. And I think yeah. they also have maybe a quick shot of some of the other stuff. It's certainly uh, a certainly more high tech than than what we saw mm-hmm. before. But it would be pretty cool if we still heard the. See, and I think they you have are to in violation. Take... You have yeah, 10 they seconds have to, to take comply. That into account. People will expect that. And RoboCop, in his initial incarnation, doesn't look like a superhero, and this disappointingly does. So I'm hoping that it is like you know a mocap suit where they're going to be doing. So- I hope they don't tron it up because that would just totally. Oh no, they're, I'm, uh, they're going to probably tron it up. But, like I said, and what, there's some teaser poster out there. You saw it today, right? Yeah, it, it's on the other page. Yeah, I saw it um, but, where it's got like a red stripe running down the side. And yeah, corporate sponsorship yeah, well, on there. That looks everything. pretty like. The matte black and mm-hmm. somewhat chrome looks pretty cool future robot. Like what robots would look like now in our future opposed yeah. to the future whenever Robocop was made. Oops, that's the... Mm, I suppose. It, it, it really does depend on how they do it. Not a really big fan of this. And what's really frustrating to me is if if they go superhero me, it kind of undermines the point of the original robot, Robocop, which obviously they're not making that movie. But, you know, the whole point of that movie was that last scene where RoboCop got, you know, he went through all the things he went through and OCP reprogrammed his brain and they did all the stuff and we got to the end and all of a sudden, you know, hey, what's your name? Murphy. Right. That, you know, he reclaimed his humanity, even though he's a robo and a cop. He's also Alex Murphy, father of two and possessor of at least one partial limb. When we're looking at these... uh and, These and head pictures. of uh, Yo-Yo Dine system. Yeah, yeah, Yo-Yo exactly. Dine propulsion. John Big Booty. Um, the uh, it looks like football gear is what it looks like. Just you know, like Under Armour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much so. Yeah, we'll see. That comes out uh, August 2013, so we have until next year August. to uh, to wait. <laughs> yeah, right at the end of the <laughs> summer season. So it's that's almost a year. Almost, just under, right? Okay, right. you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can check out all the other news and a bunch of reviews and a lot more. Majorspoilers.com is the site. 
And when we come back, we will get into some reviews of comics that we've been taking a look at. So stick around. How to get a major spoilers shout out. If you want to get a personalized shout out at the top of the show, all you have to do is the following steps. Number one, visit Majorspoilers.com. Two, click on the Make a Donation button. Three, donate $10 or more to the cause. Four, sit back and relax and hear Matthew butcher your name and say something cute about you. Major Spoilers, bringing the good stuff since 2006. Thank you to everyone who's been a regular donor all these years. And, and some of you, you know, if you think you're still a regular donor, you might want to go into PayPal and check your account status because I know that we're seeing a lot of uh, expiration notices or accounts that have been suspended. So you might want to go in for that. And for the rest of you, if you're not a regular subscriber, if you like this content, if you like this show, if you like this dynamic that we have on Major Spoilers or Critical Hit or Munchkin Land or Top 5, you want to see those shows continue that you think it's maybe worth $2 a month. Where would we be generating more than almost eight hours a week of original content? Mm. Holy cow, if that's worth $2 a month, then uh, please consider becoming a donor. We'd like to see 10,000 people become $2 a month recurring donors. That would be mm. awesome if, if you guys did that. It would certainly help us out. It puts a, uh, helps pay our bills, puts a little money into the hands of some of our, our staff. And, of course, it gives us that incentive to continue producing these fine shows. also want to give out uh, a shout-out to Nate Olson. I don't know if we did this came like months ago but i don't think we gave the uh not the shout we may out. not have officially but uh, if you follow us on twitter you may have seen some goofy bald guy standing next to an armless batman uh nate <laughs> sent us this awesome uh mountain dew like you know beverage yeah, you know like you pour, pour ice thing. you put put ice in it and you throw in your beverages and it's got batman on it as part of this uh dark knight rises uh promotion mm-hmm. and he sent that whole thing to us and it's awesome it's sitting out in the living room right now waiting for a uh, a place to uh be put permanently but it's very cool i want to thank him for that also i forgot the i don't think i've got the the sheet on this uh but uh another one of our listeners went to pax east mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago and sent us a goodie bag of stuff so he sent us a bag wow. magic the gathering we got the official arkham city uh batman arkham city uh welcome from uh warner brothers batman comics some justice or some dc uh tags um uh, the one my son is after is these uh Plants vs. Zombies oh. stuffed head. Uh, and then he sent us like 20 pounds of, of gummy bears and then some Munchkin stuff. Uh, nice. Bookmaker Power, which we might be talking about in an upcoming Munchkin Minute. You want to check that out. So I, I'm sorry I forgot your name. Uh, really apologize. Um, but I did want you guys to say thanks for people who send us stuff. It's really cool to, to get that. So um, Let's see. Oh, let's get to some reviews. Reviews. Now, every once in a while, when Rodrigo has been absent from the show, we notice that he spends a lot of time sitting down watching TV during his few off moments that he has between rushing from high school volleyball and soccer and football and what else do you have as fall yeah. sports? Uh, football, volleyball, cross country. Oh, you do cross country too? Yeah. How boring is that? Oh. That's not even a sport. <laughs> not, not- hey, shut at you. You cross- know what? Riding the bus is not a sport. Why the hell should running cross country be a sport? <laughs> Because cross, it is. No, cross country is certainly a sport because if running from here to there is a sport, then yes. running from here to way the crap over there Up and should down also hills be a sport. And over, over so Hill what and you're Dale. saying is the track and field is no longer a sport. What I'm saying is if you have a bunch of people competing, pretty much anything can be a sport. Yes. 
So oh, we kind of like kind of like first. talking. Yes, kind of like talking on this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matthew would certainly win a gold medal. Yeah. Let's get to some some reviews of some show a show that you've been watching, right? Right. So, um, uh, f- like a month ago, maybe more. Uh, I was talking to D and D Brian, and he was like, "Dude, have you seen uh, Madoka Magica?" And I'm like, "No." And he's like, "You should totally watch it." And I'm like, "I uh, shut up." <laughs> but then I did watch it, and uh, it's it's a really interesting show. It is a show. It's it's a it's an anime, so it comes from J- the the mystical land of Japan, that mystical misty yes. valley of Japan. Yes. Um, and it is a deconstruction of the magical girl genre. So your Sailor Moon type yeah. stuff. Yeah. It it Card basically Sakura. Yeah. It basically takes those those tropes and messes with them and you know it, somebody was asking me about it and and i told them it is like basically um watchmen is to superman what madoka magica is to sailor moon mm-hmm. and i mean that i yeah, mean yeah. I, I, as far as quality as well okay uh this show has just fantastic art direction it looks spectacular it takes all those stupid little things that you just kind of have to shrug and and accept in magical girl shows because whatever it's for kids and nobody cares. Is it for and kids? Actually, no, it's certainly okay. not. Um, and it takes all of those things, all of those things that you just kind of have to shrug and roll with because it doesn't matter. the uh, The final ten minutes of the show is just a power up. Um, scene mm-hmm. and then a blast and then the villain is gone kind of stuff. Uh, this show takes you know all of those little things and basically turns them on their ear. It's dark, it and it gets darker from there, and you know it's it's the sort of show that afterwards it it really leaves you thinking. You know things like, huh, you know the person that I thought was the main character along wasn't actually the main character, and wow. That thing that happened at the very beginning, that actually makes a whole lot more sense when you look at it, you know, from the end of the show. Whereas at first I just thought, oh, that's, you know, this is a magical girl show. So they're just never going to explain that. Like, they don't. But if you think about it, it makes total sense. You know, that sort of thing. Like, it's a a, a really well put together show. This is a series? This is a 12 episode series. And uh, it's on Hulu now. Oh, because I was gonna say it's not on Netflix. I'm going through nope. the first thing that pops up is no, Matilda. it's on it's on Hulu and it's free on Hulu. You don't need Hulu Plus to watch. Oh, it. okay, oh, well, excellent. So you commercial I, breaks then. There are com- well, I, there are commercial breaks on Hulu Plus. Oh, really? Yes. Why am I, Why would somebody pay a subscription to Hulu Plus and get the commercials? Uh, because you really, really need to see old episodes of Thirty Rock. Though that yes. is on Netflix. I bet I could also pay for it on iTunes and yes, be yes, a commercial for that. Me. Yes. Okay. So what is the uh no giant tentacle monsters or anything like that? Uh no. No not, nudie girls or anything. Not right? all anime has a tentacle monster. Well some people in have it. that impression. Um just like uh taking some um like some ground beef and throwing some cayenne on it doesn't make it Mexican food. What? <laughs> exactly. Let me ask you something. You ever, you ever throw peas as part of your taco in, in, in Mexico? Like peas, yeah, like, like the, peas, the green peas. Um, well, here's the thing about tacos. Basically, anything you're eating, you can put in a tortilla and call it a taco. Okay. So I probably at some point in my life have eaten something with peas and eaten it in a taco. Now, if if I went to a restaurant and and I ordered like 
steak tacos or something like that, I wouldn't want peas in there. Okay. There you go, mom. Peas do not go in tacos. Uh, (laughs) 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 I I don't even know what that means. I don't know what just happened. Growing up, growing up, all of our tacos had peas in them. Like, mom, peas do not go in tacos. Mexicans don't even know what peas are. Don't even grow peas in Mexico. That's right. It's too hot. It's too hot and zesty down there. If you plant a pea, it gets all long and spicy. Yeah, it turns into a jalapeno. Yeah. No. Anyway, um, so uh, before that. Tangent, yes, tangent totally uh, knocked us off course. Right. Yes. I. 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 Here's here. Here's my recommendation for this show. If you have in the past, if you're if you're like eighteen or over, and you've seen magical girl shows in the past, you really need to watch this. It's a lot of fun, and it's it's a they they take the stuff that you might love about magical girls and beat them to a bloody pulp. But it's clear that it's done in a loving way. Like these are this is a show made by people who have looked at the genre, watched enough of it, and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to destroy it because you know all acts of creation are an act of destruction or some deep metaphysical crap like that. So uh, I do recommend it. I, I'm gonna give it four slices of meatloaf. Um, you should nice. definitely check it out. How long did it take you to get through all ten? Did you sit down in one sitting or uh... it's twelve episodes? No, I've I've been watching it for a long time just because I I really haven't had time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it probably took me about a week and a half. Sometimes watching two episodes at a time. Sometimes okay. like skipping two days without watching an episode. But it's totally worth sitting down and watching the whole thing. I really think so. Yes, and as close together as you can get it is best. Because you know it's a it's a twelve episode series, and you know you watch. Uh, there's a lot of TV like serial shows on TV mm-hmm. and things like that, and it's clear that there's a lot of filler. There's basically no filler in this show. Wow, that's nice. Every episode is relevant. That's my to biggest the problem with a lot of anime, yes. where it'll get really good, and then it's just like yes, and then it's like ten episodes of filler, right? Yeah, let's grind. No, this is all. This is all twelve episodes and just flow right into each other. Excellent. All right. Thank you for that, Rodrigo. Check it out over Hulu Plus, and remember, no peas in your tacos. Um, Matthew, if you get one thing from this review. (laughs) (laughs) No peas in your meatloaf either, please. Um, It Girl and the Atomics from Image Comics. I love the fact that you're you're dealing with like 40-year-old baggage. It's awesome. (laughs) And here's the thing. My name is Matthew, and I work in a comic store. And there are a couple of things you have to deal with when it comes to comic stores. First, I don't know if you're familiar with the near mint mint grading system, where a perfect comic is is mint condition, pristine mint, right? 10.0. The vast majority of comic books that we get at the comic store after shipping are not, in fact, near mint 10.0 comics. And so it came to be that this week at Gatekeeper Hobbies, we got a box from Diamond containing Batman number zero. It Girl in the Atomics number two and a couple of other issues that could not be opened because of the sheer amount of water damage and internal mold oh, making that boo. box completely unopenable. And actually, when I got close to it, I literally was like, uh, I have terrible mold allergies. Remind me to tell you about how John F. Kennedy tried to kill me once. So I would like to review It Girl in the Atomics number two. But I cannot. And thus, from the dry box, I will have to review Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 9, Number Mm. 13, which I actually have. Mm. 
So, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season nine, number 13, is about a girl named It Girl. No, crap. Buffy, uh, you may remember Buffy the Vampire Slayer, had a pregnancy scare a few months ago. Turns out she wasn't pregnant. She was actually a robot. Boy. Thank you, Joss Whedon, for allowing me to say those words. I was going to say something. <laughs> so Buffy has now gone back to her regular body, and she is working as a bodyguard. And last issue, she took over as bodyguard for someone who is very clearly not Mark Zuckerberg, but could possibly be Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg founded Facebook, right? Yep. Yes, yes. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was him or if it was the guy who played him that was Mark Yeah, Zuckerberg. if it was him or Andy Sandberg. Exactly. Or Aaron Eisenberg, who played Nog on, uh, never mind, the Bygones. That was pretty awkward. Anyway, Buffy found out that Facebook, or Tin Can in their universe, is actually run by Wolfram and Hart, which means that it's run by demons, and that it's designed entirely by demons to kill everyone on the human side of the Earth, which is pretty much like the real Facebook. And so, <laughs> in this issue, we find that one of her allies is turned against her, and not Mark Zuckerberg is about to be killed unless the demons can come through and use Facebook tin can slash whatever it is to take over the world. There is some really, really nice stuff going on in this issue, but it has one thing problematic for it, for me anyway. This is Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 9. There were seven issues of the show or seven seasons, rather, of the show, and then something like 175,000 issues of Buffy Season 8. This is Season 9, and this just feels like a Buffy episode. So it what's wrong with that? Like, well, do you remember Star Trek Insurrection? No. After the Star Trek Next Generation... Shut up. After the Star <laughs> Trek the Next Generation show ended in 1995, they started going to the movies and they had like, they fought the Borg and it was a big deal and they fought Picard's pass. It was a big deal. And then there was Star Trek Insurrection, which was basically a two and a half hour long episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Hmm. The problem with that and the problem with this comic is that the characters in my mind should be beyond this. I mean, this is Buffy post all the magic in the world being wiped out. This is Buffy post all of the Slayers losing their Slayery powers. This is Buffy after the worst things in the world happened. And worst of all, this doesn't just feel like a Buffy episode. This feels kind of like a Buffy season six, searching for yourself and working terrible jobs at the Double Meat Palace episode. It's well drawn. Georges Gentil, whose name is so fun to say, uh, did a wonderful job on the art. And the story is, you know, clever. It's not a bad story at all, but it just feels like we've been here. We've done this. It feels like, I don't know, if you were 435 episodes into a podcast and you had the fat guy still making fun of the book. Oh, no, never mind. It, it really feels like we're at a point where Buffy should be beyond this kind of thing. And as much as the Wolfram and Hart, you know, tie-in is interesting and the fight with the demon is interesting and the backstory with Kennedy is interesting, I guess I expected season nine to have more of a through line, more of an arc like season eight did. Even though season eight went on about 12 issues too long, it was telling one story. And the point of that story, when you got to the end of it, you felt like, okay, those issues made sense. This just kind of feels like a lost Buffy episode. And as such, it kind of suffers. I would say, 
you know, it's a well done book, three and a half slices of meatloaf. But it's it's not necessarily something that I needed or wanted to read necessarily. And again, I know that sounds so weird. I liked the book kinda, and it wasn't a bad book, but it also just didn't feel necessary. It didn't feel like there was anything that really made it stick out as belonging in season nine as part of the new, you know, Buffy schmageggy that they have going on in the year 2012. So make of that long and involved conversation what you will. All right. People can check that out. Last week from Dark Horse Comics. Mm-hmm. Zach. Yes, Stephen. It is your turn. Yes. Please enlighten us in the ways of. <laughs> Grifter. By the way, it's Mr. Zach Rob that I did the, uh, Rob the SpongeBob Liefeld. thing. I'm trying to keep the references at Zach's level so he can understand them. Oh, that's so nice of you. That's two weeks in a row. I've been trying it to is. keep everything. That's nice. <laughs> Marketing came back and said, "Matthew, you need to appeal to that younger demographic." So from here on out, it's all Dora the Explorer references. <laughs> <laughs> so, Grifter is a comic book series that I have not been reading. It's over now, isn't it? I think this is no. the last uh, issue. No, there's some. No. I looked it up. Oh, there's God. more. <laughs> You're thinking of voodoo. Yes. But Stephen last week was like, hey, we need some review some more DC books, and I'll do this one, and Matthew do this one. See, and I'll do this one. He doesn't have a high pitched voice. <laughs> Matthew, see, he's got his hearing correct. Okay, yeah, first of all, <laughs> he very much does have a high pitched voice. <laughs> For some reason, for some reason, though, well, actually, no, that makes a lot of sense because uh, Stephen sounds like his manager. Like Zach is like, anyway, so Stephen made me do this, but he was like, anyway, somebody needs to do this, you guys. So whatever, all right, shut up, uh, you guys. You're all fired. <laughs> no, wait, but- we had jobs. <laughs> so. The, Grifter Zero is my first Robert Liefeld comic. Which ever? I felt really? Ever. Wow. So that was a special moment that I realized I was reading his work. You'll never get those 15 minutes. <laughs> which was kind of the way I felt it. And then I read it again just so I could remember what I read for tonight. And I was like, uh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> my second mistake. <laughs> but... You know, if you make a third mistake, Candyman shows up and takes uh, you away. Oh, no. Stop it. The first time I was on a podcast, I made a third funny. mistake. I got locked in a box. <laughs> I'm terrified of Tony Todd. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, whatever happens here is Grifter. He is going through this mission, and the whole time he's like, oh, this doesn't feel right. And my brother is here, and that shouldn't be right. And But now I'm going to shoot him, and that's weird. And then eventually, <laughs> he wakes up in a tube of liquid with a bunch of wire sticking out of him. But he doesn't really wake up. Was he attacked by a wampa? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would have made this so much better. I just... It kind of felt like they tried to do a riff on the Matrix, and but mash in together with Memento. of like, this has happened. A guy came in and busted him out of the daemon holding cell where they try to redo his memory and stuff. It's, it's actually pronounced demonite. De- oh, demonite. Oh, I was thinking of something else. Maybe. Yeah, you were right, thinking of read. encyclopedia. <laughs> Maybe that's what I was reading. Man, demonites. Every once in a while, I forget that uh, um, DC acquired Wildstorm 
until a mm. demonite pops up and then I'm like, <laughs> you know, and I think to be honest, I think part of Liefeld's eruption with DC, mm-hmm. one of the things that he said was that there was supposed to be a big major story arc going on with all the books. And then they changed it to the last minute, forcing him to do a bunch of rewrites at the last minute. I think you read, or maybe it was Rob read, uh, one of the early books where they were talking about the the demonites and were saying, hey, maybe this will yep. be a bigger thing. The demonites arc, I believe, was supposed to then spread throughout mm. the entire mm. DC universe, mm-hmm. and it did not. Um, well, it kind of did, but it... Yeah. Well, the, well there was right, something in like the Superman. It was either in the Superman annual or the Action Comics annual was that mm-hmm. one spot, spot where they kind of crossed over and Superman showed up and I don't know what happened, but it didn't make a lot of sense to people who were not familiar with the Demonites. I wonder if the replacement of the uh, writer was part of that. Could have been. Who knows? Weird. So, but after I finish this and eventually he wakes up. And he's like, oh, not this again. I wake up in a hotel room, new bag, new life, new thing. I went back, read issue number one of Grifter, and it kind of has that. So I don't think, like, it's like, oh, man, I really want to read Grifter. You shouldn't really pick up this comic because I don't feel like it does anything. <laughs> Actually, good. I think if, if you are somebody that says, oh, man, I really want to read Grifter, then this is probably a book that you would. Pick. Oh, okay, maybe. But if you're like, eh, I don't know if I want. If you're well, like yeah, okay. Rodrigo, yeah, no, I don't know if I want to re- read Grifter. I, I know, I know for a fact that I do not. want Well, then to you don't want to pick up. No, this you don't want to pick this up. I, I do not. Um, it is interesting because you say Voodoo is being canceled. It was canceled. It yeah. was canceled. Yeah. At the yeah. end of this issue, it says next Voodoo. Yeah, Voodoo does show. Is up. he well, coming back up in yeah. Grifter? Yes. Well, the she is. Yes. The Voodoo and Grifter were both founding members of the Wildcats back yes. in 1993. A Jim Lee joint. Which is Jim Lee's pet title. Mm. Gotcha. Jim Lee now, of course, is what? Executive editor, executive matrix in charge or something? Yes. Yeah, he's, he's like, like plus he and, a lot he of the and Dio are co-executive head editor peoples. A lot of the a lot of the books out of that uh, first and now second wave of the new fifty two that have been cancelled very quickly have those characters reappear yeah, yeah. as guest stars mm-hmm. in other comics. Pretty soon they're Just, gonna cancel just, enough books where they're going to have to create a Wildcat series just so that they can all pair mm, in the same book together. Perhaps, well, sure perhaps that was the plan all along. <laughs> mm-hmm. I keep forgetting where that purple guy with like the green uh, like cowl Mole. thing was from. Mole, was, that, yeah. was he a Wildcat? Yes. That's what yes. I thought. I get him confused with the, with the big guy from Youngblood. Rock? No. Yeah, well there were a couple of big guys What was that guys guy's name? Youngblood. Do you mean Brahma? Yeah, I think so. The big rock dude. Oh, that's Bad Rock. Bad Rock, that's what his name was. Yeah, well, the the original Wildcats, and God help me, I know this right off the top of my head, were Void, the Grifter, uh, Spartan, Zealot, Lord Emp, Voodoo, and um, Warblade. Nerd. Warblade. Um, yeah, I'm a comic nerd. I'm sorry. No, no, that's that's. I don't even like that series, and I have that. (laughs) So, I mean, we'll probably. I think they said that Warblade has made an appearance, and I know that Zealot has been at least referenced once or twice. Because God help me, I read an issue of Grifter myself Mm. once, and that was awful. So, Zach, what did you think of the art? Um. Well, actually, I just realized Rob Liefeld didn't do the pencils on this. I thought it was he was. It's listed as he's on his, he did the art. On yeah, it. and inside it says that Scott Clark does it. Oh, okay, interesting. He did the cover it's though, the, didn't he? Did yeah, Scott he did Clark the cover. Pencil? He did the pencil. Yep. And Rob Ink. 
Nope. Dave Beatty. Beatty. Beatty, Beatty, Beatty. Beatty, Beatty, Beatty. Maybe one of those hey, last one it changes. Mm. But the art was good at times, and then you like look at it, you'd look at certain panels and like, oh, this is really bad. <laughs> but it was like it was nice because it was cle- it was really clean. And then you'd get like a close up of someone's faces, and they'd just be like cross hatches all over his face. And I and then the next panel, those would be gone. I was like, I don't know what's happening. Oh, see, I, I want to make a reference here, but I don't. Th- are you familiar with Ren and Stimpy, Zach? I know him. Okay, you know, like when. Like Stimpy would be like, "Oh, look at my nose," yeah, and then, and then you close in, and it's like, and it's like super, super rendered. Yeah. Is that is that how it felt? I don't know. It was just inconsistent mm-hmm. in the way everything was done, and anatomies were off. Unless everyone's legs are about a foot longer than they should normally be in a proportion to human. By that, do you mean by length or like they have an extra foot on them? <laughs> no, like <laughs> <laughs> just by length. Oh, okay, length. all right, I see, I see. I and, then, and then if they go in for a nice kick and then it goes another, I would say, half a foot. Is it? Is it? Is the art like super deformed to where every time there's action, like people go all wonky? Like, does it seem like it was on purpose? No, it wasn't on purpose. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. It's just interesting. Maybe if he's having a... An illusion, or you know, if they're sometimes him, his well, brains. no, some of the the some of the action in there was okay, but then the, the real world there was still wonkiness uh, and legs I and see. stuff. No. So yeah, if it so was it just wasn't been, like that time, Wilt Chamberlain fought Bruce Lee, right? Whoa, I don't know. That, that was actually a Kareem. Uh, Kareem, that's Kareem. It was. There it was. Yeah, his leg has to be at least four feet long in this panel. Well, so it go is ahead. a Liefeld title. They may be just going for continuity. So give us a uh, <laughs> final bottom thought recommendation um, meatloaf rating here. Um, if you've been reading Grifter, you probably like Grifter, and you have already picked this up. And if you haven't been reading Grifter, don't pick this up. And then just, I don't know, read Batman. So one star. <laughs> one slider for me is meatloaf. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> so somehow we came to the conclusion that we had to cover every zero issue issue mm-hmm. that DC was releasing. And last week, and Matthew and I sat down. Because Steven Matthew and I sat down <laughs> and said, "Oh, you know what hasn't been read this reviewed this week?" And I was like, "What?" And Matthew's like, "Superboy and Ravagers." And I get Superboy, so I I was stuck <laughs> with Ravagers. <laughs> 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 I was stuck with Ravagers. This book makes no sense. The art is horrible. Oh, dear God, don't read this. Oh, God. Oh. I'm just but seriously, you like Coco in fame. <laughs> but seriously, you know how we were saying it's not a good idea to put peas in your tacos? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't put peas in your meatloaf. This thing gets zero, zero, zero stars, zero meatloafs. Wow. Don't don't order it. This thing, ha- this it was just, if there was a book that would, just like Grifter, discourage me from picking up this series, this was it. Mm-hmm. And so if that was their job, mission accomplished. Zero stars. Yeah, I, maybe maybe DC's putting out these books to get people onto Batman. There is <laughs> a... Uh, were, you, were, you considering, <laughs> were you considering picking up something else? No. Yeah, not now. I mean, boy, if this is somebody's first... First 
interaction with DC. This may be their last interaction with DC. Mm. Hey, here's a man that, it, here's a guy that turns into, Mackie? this was written by Howard Mackey. Okay, there you go. If it says Howard Mackey, do not read it. <laughs> Is this kind of the same thing as uh, Alan Smithy where writers write it and then they realize that it's terrible and so they, they use it? No, it's, a... it's just that Howard Mackey is a terrible, terrible writer. <laughs> Howard Mackey's first writing work was uh, Ghost Rider Volume 2. It <laughs> was a terrible one, too. Oh, oh, don't, even, don't even get me started on the problems that I have with Howard Mackey as a writer. But I'm sure he's a wonderful human being, and I, God love him. I don't want to take food out of his children's mouths, but don't read anything written by Howard Mackey. I apologize. I'm so sorry. You should be. I have no idea Why, what was you know going who on I blame in this book. <laughs> Bob Harris who was the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics back in the 90s, is hiring all the guys who used to work for him, like Howard Mackey and Rob Liefeld and all of these guys who are working on the new 52 titles, where we're just like, why? Well, you know, there's, because I mean... they used to work with him. This may have just been, I don't know, this is a real speculation at this point, but you know how there's been an uh, ever-rotating, um, revolving door of new titles coming and going at, at, at D.C., and it seems like those that are on the bottom of the stack are the ones that are on the chopping block. And there is a certain number, somewhere around 13,000, that that cutoff becomes... Issues sold? Yeah, 13,000 issues sold. That that's the cutoff. Anything below that uh, gets rejected. So it could be that Ravagers, and I'd, I'd have to go back and look at some actual estimated numbers uh, from last month, but it seems like Ravagers was pretty far down that list, and they may be on the chopping block, and by the time they got to... The zero issues, it may have been too late to cancel it. Maybe they've already solicited uh, the zero issue and they can't turn back. But really, honestly, um, if they can't find something to do with Caitlin Fairchild and Tara and Beast Boy, who's red now and not green. Right. Um, then they're going to just disappear, just like Blue Beetle and... Well, I'm sure, I'm sure the characters will show up in other book. places. He does, but it's right at that 13,000 mark, just like it was the last time Blue Beetle got canceled. And there's talk of a fifth wave and a sixth wave just around the corner. Sure. And New York well, Comic Con is coming up. They've said so. that they're dealing with this as TV seasons. That, that's fine. I don't have, have a problem wave with after that. Wave, and if a, if a book isn't successful, they'll replace it. I, good. I think that's a this good way one, to look at it. This one could be a, a good candidate to uh, get the axe and not be renewed mm, next summer season. Summer replacement. Yes. Exactly. You guys know what else Howard Mackey was a regular writer during oh, please. or on? Uh, enough tears have come out of my ducks this evening. A little thing called <laughs> the Clone Saga. Oh, so I've never read that, so maybe I'm okay. <laughs> no, no. Everybody's supposed to go. <gasps> no, I did. But I, but I was reading comics during the 90s. <laughs> exactly. Where it was revealed that the Spider-Man that we had known for 25 years yeah, was a clone. Spider-Man. And yeah, the clone go. was actually the dead Peter Parker that was thrown down a tube, but he didn't really die. And then he was back and he was awesome and he had a hoodie and he fought, fought, fought. And he was like, look at me, I'm the Scarlet Spider. And then all of a sudden the, the fans went boo and Marvel went, okay, so Peter Parker wasn't a clone. But he never had a baby. And we never heard of the baby again. All right, let's take a listen to one more review. Thanks, Stephen. This is Jimmy, and I'm here to review Snarked number 12 from the Kaboom imprint of Boom Studios, which will be on sale this week. Snarked is a comic expounding upon the story told in the poem The Hunting of the Snark by Lewis Carroll. That's the guy who wrote Alice in Wonderland. If you've never read the poem, I highly recommend it. 
It's one of my favorite poems of all time, and is one of the occurrences of the number 42 in Carol works that inspired Douglas Adams to choose that number as the answer to life, the universe, and everything. I actually dropped Snark a few issues ago because, while the title started well, it had slowed to a crawl and just wasn't interesting me anymore, especially at a $3.99 price point, one of the biggest detriments to Boom Studios right now. With the final issue here, I decided to check out just how the series finished up. The crew of Snark Hunters have arrived in a mysterious cave where the young Prince Rusty has wandered off. There they met up with a two-headed beast that is both a snark and a boojum, the ultimate in ferociousness. Roger Langridge, the writer and artist of this series, does a wonderful job of incorporating elements from the poem in a way that suits this distinctly different narrative. In the poem, the crew is told that when hunting the snark, you may seek it with thimbles and seek it with care, you may hunt it with forks and hope, you may threaten its life with a railway share, you may charm it with smiles and soap. In the narrative, these are all listed off as implements with which the crew might battle the snark, only they don't have any soap, so they assume that's probably the bit they'll actually need. This sort of humor works well on both a kid and adult level, which is something this series does well. In a world where comics are typically just the purview of adults, it's nice to see true all-ages comics, ones that are humorous on a double level. Tiny Titans from DC Comics has done that really well, and Superman Family Adventures is doing it currently. Snarks does it, with this issue having a nice combination of comedic slapstick moments and serious consequences to actions. Unfortunately, the narrative drags a bit towards the end of the issue, trying to set up an ending that simultaneously leaves the reader feeling sad and hopeful, but instead, it just left me feeling apathetic. The art for the grown-up Scarlet in that scene was also rather strange, with her eyes looking completely out of place for her face. Overall, I wanted to love this issue just as I wanted to love the entire series, but unfortunately it fell short of my expectations. This issue isn't bad, but it wasn't really that exciting, and only earns two and a half slices of meatloaf. Again, I'm Jimmy, and you can find even more of my reviews up on Majorspoilers.com. Back to you guys. All right, thank you for that, Jimmy. And remember, listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. Plenty of reviews over there. Something new for you at Major Spoilers every day. People need to be going every day. If people are like, man, I love the Major Spoilers. I want to see more of the Major Spoilers. There's only one way that's going to happen. And that's by telling your friends and getting more people to come to the Major Spoilers. Plenty of reviews. People like reviews. Mm -hmm. There is an interesting article coming up based on a conversation we had a few weeks ago with Rodrigo about Pokemons. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that article's coming oh. up this week. You want to look out for that. Uh, we've got uh, news on the death of a of uh, Charles Xavier. Spoiler. Um, oh, wait. Isn't it supposed to go spoiler and then no, Charles, death of he's, spoiler he's Charles psychic, Xavier? So it depends if you're working knows. for Marvel Oh, so he already knows. Yeah. Um, there are... Ooh. Marvel. Ooh. Depending on when you're listening to this, hello, future people. Hello. Take a look at the solicitations that come out on Wednesday from Marvel Comics for, Marvel. for December. There may be some spoilers. big spoilers in there. Oh, no. Be sure to check that out. It's all over at Majorspoilers.com. And also, if you want to help us out, another way you can help us out besides getting all your friends to listen is getting all your friends to go to Majorspoilers.com and buying things through our Amazon.com link. Doesn't matter if you're buying that brand new action figure. Doesn't matter yep. if you're looking for a statue. Doesn't matter if you're looking for our trade of the week. This week, it's uh, Criminal, mm-hmm. Coward. Criminal. Uh, go to Amazon.com through the Major Spoilers link. Buy everything like you normally do. Little portion of that comes back to us, and we certainly appreciate it. All these things working together, the donations, the Amazon link, our uh, other fine sponsors like Tweaked Audio that we'll mention here in a little bit, the advertising on the site, all of that works together to allow us to do great things, like the Major Spoilers Costume Contest. 
2012 going on right now. The deadline is October 21st. If you've got a really cool costume, Zach, you're mm-hmm. you know wearing that green ski mask and painting your skin. That olive hue does not count as a Ninja Turtle costume. Are you sure? I am positive. Also, you're not eligible. Also, you are not eligible. Uh, but we'll make fun of you anyway, so oh, please send it in. No, please. I uh, will. <laughs> is my kid eligible? Because we no. just ordered her costume last night through Amazon. Ordered it? No. Ordered costumes? No. Yeah, we ordered uh, Well, thank you for ordering through Amazon.com. But Go the Major Spoilers Ranger. Costume Contest um, ends October 21st. First prize. Some of this money goes to, to prizes. First prize, iPad. Second prize, this portal replica gun from uh, NECA. Looks really cool. It's sitting out there in the box. Are we sure it's a replica? It may be the real thing. I'm afraid to take it out of the box. So if it does turn out to be real, enjoy yourself as you port around the world. Um, All of this stuff at Majorspoilers.com. Thank you, everybody, for your support. And now that we have the reviews out of the way, it's time for that one special moment of every show that we like to call... The Major Spoilers Poll of the Week. It's time. Wow, there must be a... Wow. Yeah, we, gotta, we really need to stop using Skype. Yeah, there's a little bit of a delay, I think, on this <laughs> Because right now I just heard Zach say, Grifter is terrible. It's time. Wow. What? Nothing. What? Hmm? Who are you eyeballing? Because I'll get up out of this chair. That's when you're supposed to say, Zach. I'd like to see you try. <laughs> and the thousands watching at home. It's time. And Stephen once again managed to slip two pictures of Batman in. I know. Not one, but two pictures of Batman on purpose because every poll of the week is better with Batman. So this yeah, week. Everything is better with Batman. And yet somehow these comics aren't. Are you kidding me? Oh, come on. Oh, snap. St- Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo are, are the reason why Batman is so awesome right now. All the time. All the time. <laughs> Since so 1937. this week, Major Spoilerite Silvergray wrote in to say, hey, guys, I know you guys were talking about your nerd room of doom and how cluttered it is and all that wonderful stuff. I would like for you to consider what is what what do you like more or which do you prefer? Do you like action figures or do you like statues? Go. Zach, we'll start with you. Okay. So, I'm hello. Know? I'm Zach. Um, statues are cool because you can like decorate your house with them, and it's like a legitimate way to like, oh, my house is really fancy, but I also like Batman. <laughs> so that's got that's a plus for those. <laughs> What's wrong with this kid, Steve? Where did you find it? In Awesomeville. It's just oh. down the road from here. <laughs> But statues can break more easily than action figures. And action figures you can play with more. And you go pew, 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 kick, pop, poop, pop. And that's more fun and, to have on your desk. And, and you think that the sound effects, Zach actually one day in class, I saw him cutting out construction paper <laughs> with the pals at bang. And he was holding mm-hmm. them up above his action <laughs> yes. figures as they were fighting. That's what I do during class. It's fun. But no, I don't have very many action figures. I would like to have more money to spend on action figures so that way you probably like to live in a town that actually (laughs) sells cool action figures that would also be a bonus and that way when i'm like supposed to be writing a review but it's like one in the morning i don't want to focus i can grab some action figures off my desk and start fighting and then and like 20 minutes later i can get back to whatever i'm supposed to be doing okay action figures so action figures is what you voted all right rodrigo what about you 
Uh, well, I I have some uh, statues around my house, which apparently makes it fancy. <laughs> oh. It did class up the place. Let me it, tell you, because no, no, no. it doesn't take <laughs> much to class up that place. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, you know, when I was a kid, I actually played with action figures a good deal. But I, at some point, I just kind of stopped, and I like action figures to stand around, right. Um, which maybe means that I would probably prefer statues. The The problem with the statues, though, is that I I feel that a lot of the time they require more work. They're mo- much more crafted and yeah, yeah. more expensive. So you can find a lot of statues of the more popular characters. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I when was the last time that like an Iron Fist statue came out? Right. Last I year. mean, I knew. All right. So last year. A new Batman statue comes out every three seconds. Yeah, they um, just came out now. Right, just now. Just now. Just now. And just now. Right. So, um, <laughs> and right now, you know, there, where statues and are again. concerned, you can usually track down um, an older version of something you want, or a sexy anime version of whatever you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but not necessarily. Uh, specifically what you want in any kind of you know you you have to do that work of going to comic stores and being like hey do you guys have like the purple cat well no actually the purple cat one would be easy to find because they just made a sexy version of it um i don't know something like that what basically what i'm getting at is um it's much more likely that an action figure is going to be floating around because it seems that those specifically come out in waves. It's like right, this right. wave is going to have 10, uh, 10 X-Men and chances are one of those X-Men are going to be one that I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah. Whereas for statues, it's like, okay, we're doing a run of, you know, Wolverine, uh, Jean Grey, and Emma Frost. And that's what this statue run is going to be. Right. Um, so I, I'm going to go with action figures because A... They seem to be a little easier to find, and you can find something that's closer to what you want. And B, if I don't like the pose the statues in, that kind of kills it. So at least with an action figure, I get some say in that. But if they're not very posable, that can be an issue too. Yeah. Matthew, what about you? Well, if you walk into my office right now, first of all, oddly enough, you'll be able to walk into my office. I sold some comics. But you would see on uh, one of the shelves, well, right under the shelf with all 12 of the DC Heroes Sonic Tater Tot toys, because those are awesome. You would see Kevin Nash, the Phantom Stranger, Sting, the Martian Manhunter, and China, or as I like to call them, the Five Horsemen of the Apocalypse, uh, standing watch over my comic book collection. And if I were to try and purchase statues of those five characters, I would first of all, spend a lot of time modifying Batman statues because they don't exist. And secondly, I would be spending $150, $140, $200 a pop. I, I don't have that kind of money. I've never had that kind of money. So for me, it's always been, and I have a big box full of action figures of the characters who are awesome to me. I have an action figure of the Spectre. Um, I have uh, uh, Invisible Kid, which is probably the coolest action figure I ever owned because he's invisible. It's actually an empty box. That's the joke. But the, uh, the problem I think with statues is a, when you have a statue, it always looks exactly the same. Your statue, you can turn it around, but he's still in that same pose. 
there's limited posability. Sometimes you'll have a statue that has, you know, alternate arms or things that you can move. But with an action figure, if I get bored and I decide that I want the Phantom Stranger to stand on his head, I can do that. And I don't have to feel like I'm, you know, breaking a collectible or making something expensive do something stupid. You know, there's, there's, I, I think for me, disposable income runs about $19.99, which is perfect for your average action figure. So I went with action figures all the way. It's really a toss up for me because I have a lot of both. Uh, I've probably got, I mean, I have every single Batman, the animated series all the way through justice league animated series figures. They fill up about two big bins right now. And the run yes, is finally Batman. Well, probably different colors. Yeah, the, actually I gave a whole bunch of them away because I had, you know, you buy that three pack of the justice league stuff and this final three pack that's coming out, you get a really cool future Vandal Savage. You get future Superman, the one, the story where that takes place right, in the future. Right. And then you get a fucking re- oh, sorry, a, a repaint of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Guess which one the little kids are going to get a play with and tear up and I could give two craps about. <laughs> Vandal Savage. <laughs> Batman is awesome. <laughs> Why would you ever give away Batman? Uh, and you know, when, uh, when they came out with the DC direct line, the six inch uh, articulated line, a super articulated line, that was really cool too because they had to build a, build a figure, but that's where they get you because if you want to build the... Uh, 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 Apache Apache chief figure, you got to get all the other seven figures. And as you said earlier, Rodrigo, yes, Walmart or Target may get a box of those, but the one variant that you need for the head mm. uh, is a chase one, and you can't find that. Uh, and so then you have to go to a comic book convention with Matthew and pay $37 for a Silver Centurion action figure. Price, Silver Centurion Iron Man, the greatest action figure of all time. The price can vary. You know, it isn't it isn't easy sometimes to find some of these figures. And if they are out of print or they've done with their run, you can spend 50, 60, 100 bucks for one of these action figures very quickly. I wouldn't, but you uh, could. I mean, you, you could. Uh, statues are the same way. I mean, uh, lately for me, statues have been a, a little bit more of an appeal because they're bigger. Um, they're super sculpted. They are highly detailed. And depending on the ones you get... Um, you know, like these, um, fe- the female, um, Marvel line that I have over here from, mm-hmm. who is this? Uh, this is Sideshow Collectibles, you know, like, uh, the Hulk, She-Hulk, her pants are actual fabric. Um, uh, the, the Which Emma Frost, all removable. of her stuff. Actually, they're not, right. uh, Emma Frost, that's actual leather pants and a cloth, mm-hmm. uh, bit, which I think are really, really cool. But they all run on limited runs. Mm-hmm. So... They may only make 300 of these, so you better get it now, and you're going to be paying a pretty penny for a lot of these, four or $500 sometimes on, on some statues. Um, some of the busts that Marvel puts out, those little six-inch ones are relatively inexpensive, right, right. but even the DC line of the, um, um, what is it, the super heroine line or whatever it is, I forget Women what it is. Of the DC Women of the DC universe. universe. Those are 125 bucks a pop, and if you don't get it now, good luck ever finding it because that entire X-Men line over there is probably easily into the four figures uh, by the time I chased every single one of those down over the years. Uh, so be, cool. Just because they're so hard to find. That Captain America, I think they did like 125 uh, finally on that. And, you know, you're going to pay out the nose if you want to complete that collection, which is the bad thing about statues. Mm-hmm. But action figures, yes, you can pose them infinitely until the joints give way. Uh, and then they won't pose anymore. Or you can certainly cover your desk with action figures, but the moment you bump your desk... Guess who stumbles and falls all over the place? 
I, I don't know. I like I like statues, and so I went with I went with statues. I, I think they're nice decorative pieces, and as Zach said, they certainly class up the joint. Mm. All right. <laughs> hey, this house must be fancy. Look, that's the Iron Fist. <laughs> I wish I had an Iron Fist. I wish I had a really cool Iron Fist statue. I haven't seen Steven one. Steven actually side, has so many side show uh, collectibles. statues that he's gone from fancy to schmancy. I have mm-hmm. so many statues, it is not even funny. Some of them are not even out of their boxes because I don't have any place to put them right now. Yeah, Steven has just like handed me stacks of statues Yeah, yeah. before. Well, and You're before the show statues. started, I took out like six of them, and I've got this Avengers Iron Man one sitting here that's been sitting here for weeks now, Zach. Forever. Zach's been like, oh, please open that up. I hope he opens it up. I want to see hey, how cool it is. Did you open up the, the black and white Batman? No, I didn't open that one up. Those are the ones I just took out of the room before the show started, because I, right. I and they're just, there's boxes and boxes of these statues. I've got a Jessica Rabbit one that's got to be like 21 inches high. Nice. Wow. Super cool is what it looks like. I had to put it back in the box because I don't have anywhere to display it right now. And also small children. Right? <laughs> so I have small children. Although, so uh, the, I got a funny story my son did. So we were watching uh, X-Men, the animated series. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so what are you watching? He's like, oh, I'm watching this X-Men. And this is the one where they're in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I forget what that was. And he was telling me who all these characters Evolution. are. Evolution. And yeah. he goes, uh, and this one is... Um, uh, Mystique, and I said, "Oh, really?" And he goes, "Yeah, the blue one is Mystique. You know that statue that you have down in your office, Dad. If you didn't know, that's that's Mystique." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you were paying attention." Cool. So he uh, he knows all that stuff in and out. But yeah, right now statues for me are 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 the big choice. Um, the um, uh, in the for or in the comment section, Slime Knight says I had to choose action figures because I'm, I'm able to pose them. I went with action figures. Said Joe M. Action figures said. Uh, Smarking out Adam. Um, action figures said Clebert Lang. Uh, Alicia Minx said action figures. Matt Goines chose action figures. Um, statues is what Rico said. Um, Silver Gray says he's a statue kind of guy. Statues said shush. Figures, uh, Alan Jones. It's really split all the way down the line in the comment section. And that's kind of how our numbers rolled out this week, Matthew, or at least right now. Right. Well, actually, they've been like this all day. 249 votes showing right now. 53% action figures. When we started the show, it was 51 to 49. Mm -hmm. This is a close battle. I mean, six or seven votes either way could pull this thing back out. Uh, 47% saying action figures and a whopping one Matthew saying, I don't have enough money for either. Oh, man, I wish I had more (laughs) money because... Uh, Zach, you haven't seen it. I think Matthew's seen it and Rodrigo has seen it. But way back in the Nerd Room of Doom, my wife got it for me for birthday. Mm. Six foot plus Batman statue. What? Of Batman sitting there crossing his arms. Batman. He's like, it's like it's a life size statue of Batman. Yeah, yeah. You need that was the that was the second one. I am Batman. That was the second one that we got because the first one the guy didn't pack right and it came in pieces. Oh, that's, that's and then sad. we sent it back, and he sent this one, and uh, it's been sitting there ever since, looking wonderful. I might add. Just, I've been looking for. They have a life size Superman statue, but I have to track down who made this Batman one because the life size Superman ones don't look anything like Superman. Really, <laughs> they look like Green just, Lantern. They look like Flash. Uh, but there's another. There's a company that made this in Great Britain that made one for Superman too that looks really really cool, and I want to get a pair of them so they're side by side. But. Mm-hmm. Those things run in the several thousands of dollars. So, spoiler rights. That's how much my wife loves me. Wow. That was, I think, my first birthday that we were married. Mm -hmm. So we've had that for about almost nine. And she's like, "This has to last you the rest (laughs) of our marriage." (laughs) Okay. No more. I I won't ask for one. 2014. Yeah, boy. 
If she knew then what she knows now, she would have killed herself. (laughs) I've come for for your clothes and your car. Give them to me. (laughs) Are you Steven Schleicher? (laughs) (laughs) Head over to Majorspoilers.com. Cast your vote in the poll of the week, and we will uh, see, uh, see how it comes out in a few days. Let's take another break, and when we come back, we will get into our discussion of Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips' Criminal Coward Story 1. Stick around. Hi, Ink Pond from the forums here. I'm currently in Chicago, so I thought I'd give you guys a call. Um, I made it to a comic shop on the Chicago Loop, and I found the first two volumes of Atomic Robo. And I thought, hey, Stephen's always going on about this. Why not pick it up? And um, honestly, it's fantastic. Um, it's uh, incredibly dynamic, the art's great, and it's, it's honestly very toyetic. I love to have a little Atomic Rebel on my shelf. And that brought me to thinking. A while ago, you guys did your top five uh, favorite toys, and I was wondering if those had changed. I know Steven's got the Nerd Room of Doom, and honestly, you know, Matt's got his uh, Legion of Superheroes. I don't know what Rodrigo's got, but um, yeah. I popped in a Walmart, got a bunch of toys, and this, you know, there's a wide variety over here, so I was just wondering, you guys got anything interesting? All right, uh, Thanks and bye, Ed. Make my major spoilers. Hello there, major spoilers. This is Slappy, and I wish to uh, make a comment on the discussion of Doctor Who from a few weeks ago. Now, I do apologize. I did get a little behind in my listening, but I'm almost uh, all up to uh, date, and probably when you listen to this, hello, future people, I will be all caught up. Now, regarding the Doctor and the whole question of Doctor Who and... Who is the Doctor? This is something that has been brought up on a few few different times. One of those occasions was during the seventh Doctor. That was the whole plan. They were going to bring up who the Doctor was. And Sylvester McCoy's Doctor was cagey in a few different senses, aside from the fact that he was supposed to also let Ace become a Time Lord and train Ace to be a Time Lady, rather. That was supposed to be the plot until it was canceled. That was also the Doctor where they really tried bringing up the mystery of who he actually was. And it was the first time in years, I think probably since the first Doctor, in which you really never got much of him, or second Doctor, when they first introduced the Time Lord, that you really tried probing into his past. With that being said, uh, the seventh Doctor himself did claim that, yes, uh, some of my friends when I was back in school used to call me Theta. Now, this is important. And if you want to go back to one of the early uh, episodes where the Doctor is going around and showing um, Amy Pond different things in the museum, and it's like he takes her to see some of the oldest writing in the world, and it's translated because of the TARDIS, I mean, oldest writing in the universe, it's translated, and it says, Hello, sweetie, Theta Sigma. So going all the way back to that, I believe it is uh, the first Weeping Angels episode where Amy uh, gets infected, in which you actually kind of see the Theta Sigma. Now we have to jump back to another book, one of the books which technically may or may not be canonical, and you know the whole reasoning behind that. Everything is canonical until it's uh, proven otherwise in which there were three Time Lords, the three big three Time Lords at the very beginning. Of course, one was Rathalon, Omega, and those two we have seen. The third Time Lord that we didn't see who was really, who was part of the big triumvirate was one known as Theta Sigma. 
Now, Theta Sigma, for whatever reason, um, at some point, I didn't read the book. I've looked for it, and it was like over 100 bucks just to acquire, but it's the one that probes into the origin of the Doctor, at which point Theta Sigma, for some reason, got himself into uh, the loom, which is how they actually kind of grow the Time Lords, or how they're born, or however it works. And the Doctor is the reincarnation of one of the original Time Lords known as Theta Sigma. So, that may or may not be true. That might be something that they're going to bring back. We shall see. Thank you to everyone who called in. Um, uh, the call about the interesting toys, kind of appropriate mm-hmm. for, uh, mm-hmm. for this conversation. What is your most interesting toy that you've bought recently? Uh, most interesting toy I bought recently. I got an electric shaver. <laughs> um, and I think I already broke it. Burned it out. Yeah, I think. I, no, I seriously think I did. I think my hair is literally my hair is too coarse for a normal yeah. shaver. Yeah, I tried an electric shaver for a while. I just can't get a close enough shave like mm-hmm. it came with a blade. So, but that's your coolest toy. Uh, recently, yeah, I just I I've really been strapped for cash. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, I walked, I guess the coolest... Man, if we could only get 10,000 people to donate $2 a month. Here's here's probably the coolest toy. Here's the coolest toy that I saw today. Today I went to Hastings and I walked by and there are these um, probably like five inch tall Amikami figures. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, yeah. the shrunk down version yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the one I saw for Hog Girl, yeah, yeah. I found hilarious because... They just, it's just so brilliant because she's like flying and she's picking up her maze. Yeah, yeah. But it is just brilliant how, because she's picking up her maze, you know, and has both of her arms Mm -hmm. crossed in front of her, she's just like pushing her boobs forward. It's like all Amakami figures are just pushing these boobs onto your face, right? They're actually pretty cool. But at least this one is like, oh, that makes sense. If anybody goes, oh, look at her giant breast, I'm like, dude. She's picking up her mace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got the full-size version in the other room. But, yeah, those nice. Anaconda ones are pretty cool. Zach, what about you? Uh, new toys. Um, Jeez. I bought a new iPhone uh, 5. Oh, no, yeah, I wish. If you go to the Walmart, they have these little... <laughs> <laughs> See, he's old. He said the Walmart. No, he's just, he's just from... Kansas. Kansas. He, he still calls it. He still calls, calls it Sears Roebuck. <laughs> old man. Well, Walmart used to be like a great getaway for us when we were in high school. Like, yeah, oh, I know. We go to Walmart, have fun. But they have in the toy aisle. <laughs> they have these uh, little Marvel figures that come in a oh, ball, a ball yeah, so you don't know what you get, and you have to pay a dollar for them, and you get like three Wolverines in one trip, and you just want to punch the yeah the something. And <laughs> here's the secret: they're all Wolverines. No, I have like eight of them. Oh, okay. Eight Wolverines? No, I have two Wolverines. <laughs> and I have a Red Hulk and a Green Hulk that are the exact same sculpt and just yep. painted differently. Yep. And then a Spider-Man and... I don't remember, but I had Spider-Man and I was happy about that. So those are fun and they're cheap. Yeah, the the Marvel ones aren't squinkies, but they're like yeah, they're trying, like they're attempting yeah, to compete yeah, with yeah. the squinkies, the, I think. The boys version of the squinkies. Right? Well, there are some licensed squinkies that are boy stuff, I think. Really? Um, and there are some boy, like n- non-licensed boy-themed ones. Because I bought some in Salt Lake City. Because like Rob and oh, yeah, Brian yeah. and I were looking at them, and I was like, we couldn't tell what what they were. Yeah. So I bought some, and then we like poke at them yeah, and yeah. like squish them, and they are kind of squishy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, if nothing else, then these will make good uh figures for a battle mat because they fit yeah, in yeah, a one definitely. inch square. Can't wait for those to appear. I'm trying to think, I, the most 
the coolest toy recently might have been that uh that just grab it statue but mm-hmm. uh, you know the the ghostbuster uh uh PKE oh, meter oh, yeah, yeah, that cool. I showed you guys a couple of weeks ago that that's pretty cool too that's cool yeah Matthew what about you well it's one of those things where what's the coolest toy I've bought lately yeah recently yeah, I probably haven't bought anything lately but there is a toy that I've been looking at trying to get for uh, the midget for Christmas and uh, we've been watching this and Stephen that, always rolls that, his eyes when I say this oh no can the, you hear uh, it can you hear it rolling out is it that gold key thing huh is it the gold key thing or is it the red key Sort of. I, I saw got, you. I saw you asking keys, people on Twitter the, to buy it. The for uh, the thirty fifth Super Sentai, the Gokaijers, they transform their little morpher gadget is a cell phone called a Mobirates because they are pirates and it's a mobile phone. It's a Mobirates. They call <laughs> that, it a portmanteau. That makes sense to me. That's nice. Okay. Yeah. The Mobirates are on the eBay, and if I wanted to go, and I could go right now, and I could buy a Mobirates with all thirty five Red Ranger keys. For only four hundred dollars. That sounds like a deal. Shut up. <laughs> and I'm trying. I'm trying to find one in that's maybe a little more affordable. But apparently, in Japan, you can actually buy a Mobirates, and I'm told that you can buy a Mobirates and have it be your actual functioning cell phone. Nice. And I'm like, dude, cool I want stuff. that, but of course, I'm not going to get that. But I want to get the the Mobirates because it's a little toy cell phone, and you can take the Ranger keys and put your little Ranger key in it, and you can go Gokai Chenju and transform yourself into a different superhero every day of the week. Which, really, that's what I do in my spare time. Okay, there you go, listeners and uh, Slappy. That was a very interesting uh, breakdown of uh, Doctor Who. Let's just say that Slappy. Yes. Uh, let's Don't uh, get slappy. And if you couldn't hear what some of our callers have said, or you can't hear Matthew, or you have a tough time hearing Zach at that high, squeaky pitch voice that, yes. that he has, I'll maybe it's check with him, maybe it's because so you're young. using the wrong headphones. Uh, might we suggest you head over to tweakedaudio.com and pick up one of their tweaked uh, headphones? They come in four different styles. I like this tweaked California, the tweaked classic, the tweaked parkour. You know and what the, the tweaked natural. You know what or the perfect. difference is between the tweaked classic and the tweaked California? What? The California has avocado on it. Ah, bum uh, In fact, that's one of the colors. Red, green. The classic has red, blue, green, avocado, black, uh, silver, wood. There you, there you go. <laughs> has a microphone, Rodrigo. You were driving all around. We were waiting for you to call in with your uh, with your uh, tweaked audio headphones. I I, I wanted to, but it just kind of didn't work out timing wise somebody wants and, you to do a whole podcast where you're just driving around talking to yourself you know if we could if we could reduce the car noise i could probably do it and also here's the cool thing these tweaked audio headphones mm-hmm. have a noise reduction design in the, i don't in know the i don't know if that works on the yeah, microphone too I, but it's worth checking out see and that's, that's the other issue is that they have a noise reduction design so i haven't been using them in the car <laughs> because i'm concerned that I, that I won't hear the cop car that's going to inevitably pull me over when i call into the podcast Listen, listeners, right, when you go to tweakedaudio.com and when you check out using the code MAJOR, you get 30% off your order. Instead of $19.95, you're paying $12.95. Instead of $34.95, you're paying $27.95. Thanks so much to tweakedaudio.com for being a sponsor of this show. And please, go and buy some cool headphones today. All right. Let us talk about Criminal. Uh, Criminal is a series uh, by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Ed Brubaker, the writer. Sean Phillips, the artist. It's I, You know, when we talk about master pairings of things, things that go so right together, you know, you often have um, Grant Morrison and... Um, quietly. Quite, quietly. Quietly. And uh, 
Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. And I think my new dream team is Wade and Samney on like Daredevil and, and Rocketeer and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that those are great kind of pairings that go uh, well together. And so in uh, Criminal, uh, we get uh, Ed Brubaker telling us stories of the criminal element, the criminal, uh, the bad guys. Um, and this first arc is about, is called Coward. It's about a guy who gets out of every situation because as soon as he knows something is going r- wrong, he runs right. uh, and therefore never gets uh, hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's approached by, and apparently this world is populated by, you know, there is no good. There is, I mean, there's nobody that seems to well. be purely good in this piece. Everybody has some kind of a a criminal type connection in some way. Yeah. Um, even the cops, all the cop. well, I shouldn't say all of the cops, the cops that we see in this story are certainly crooked, mm-hmm. and a crooked cop and his crony approach, um, what's this guy's name? Frank. We will Leo? say uh, Leo, and uh, yep. Leo is the coward, and uh, they want him to help them rob a uh, uh, armored car that takes evidence to the courthouse from the police lockup. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what they are after in this big heist is like $5 million in blood diamonds. And at first, Leo doesn't want to do it, but then uh, the wife of a former partner who got killed in another uh, heist, heist another shows up heist. and convinces him that he needs to do it so she can get the money so she and her daughter can get out of town. Um, Leo starts to gather some of his friends around him to help pull off this heist. And then the heist goes horribly wrong where the police, the crooked cops double cross Mm -hmm. Leo and his friends. And it turns out instead of a diamond heist, it is a cocaine heist so that they can get all of this uh, heroin. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. I don't know my drug. Uh, um, They're trying to get all this heroin out of lockup so they can get it back on the street. Trying to steal the quaaludes. <laughs> Sorry, they're trying to steal the whippets. oxycontins. It's a big can of whippets. <laughs> that would be funny. If it's just a big old giant can of whipped cream. Can you do whippets with, with aerosol cheese? You probably can. Probably. Mm. Except, except nothing has... Nose, so except most drink. food products don't actually use aerosol anymore. Oh, they don't? Okay. Well, that That's probably illegal. explains why young Zach didn't know what a whippet was after yeah, last We had a show. very nice conversation of all the weird things I don't know about last week after mm. the show. Or as we like to call it, everything <laughs> before 2000. <laughs> so, Matthew, where does the story go from this uh, this heist gone wrong? Bad places. Um, Greta, the girl, is badly injured. And, of course, he's you know taking her on the run. And you remember she had a daughter. And you know how I love when they when they do certain things involving children. Of course, the the guys that they're working for decide, well, the best way to get to her is to get the daughter and then the bad things. And eventually, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind it's, of like the old what if from Marvel. Mm-hmm. The question they asked is, what if X? The answer is always everybody dies screaming. That's kind of like criminal in that. The worst that can possibly happen keeps happening to Leo. And then, of course, somebody comes in and says, Eddie, are you okay? Are you okay? Eddie, are you okay? Eddie. Wait, that's smooth criminal. I always get those confused. But, at, you know, by, by the end of the day, people are dead. People are bleeding. Bad things are happening. One guy has eaten a face full of heroin. And, by the way, actually two guys have eaten a face full of heroin, yeah. one intentionally and one was hit in the face. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it just gets worse and worse. Leo's father, 
who is apparently a recovering drug addict. No, it's not his. Fights. It's not his. It's not his real father. His real right, father right, went to yeah. prison. This was his partner right. who decided to take care of him. His pseudo father, yeah, I, guess yeah, yeah. I should say. It's just, it's bad. It's dark and it's just. Here's the thing that kept surprising me in this story. This is a story that I expected to be taking place in like 1975, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Just, just the way Phillips draws some of these characters, the way he likes to draw all these, you know, stock sedans and stuff that you would see in that time period. And then all of a sudden I'm taken out of that time period because, oh, they're using a cell phone or, oh, they're using this or whatever. And I'm just like. Oh, well, that's kind of kind of different trying to, you know, pull out of it because it really feels like one of those gritty uh, crime movies that that you would have seen during yeah. during that time period. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. You're right, Matthew. It, everything just goes it's, from bad to really, really bad. And through yeah. it, Leo is still trying to get out of the situation and save his hide, even though he knows that uh, that he is a is a bad guy. Oh, yeah. And this is very much in that vein. And if you go, I, I think it's in the end of uh, issue five. I read the original issues. Um, they're talking about influences and they talk about, you know, Michael Caine and Get Carter. Right. And they talk about the uh, what is it? Uh, the Long Goodbye and that one with uh, Lee Marvin in it. And it's very much that 70s kind of mm-hmm. motif. You wouldn't you wouldn't be at all surprised if Jim Rockford drove through. No, okay. I wouldn't be. Well, you know, they, they and that's one of the nice things about reading the the letters page um, at the end of every issue. I also read them in the original issues. Um, you know, they start talking about where the influences come from for these. And like uh, in one scene, they're getting away in a Mini Cooper. Mm-hmm. They take that from the, um, the, Italian, the Italian, job. Italian job. And then they yeah. talk about one of the characters um, has uh, epileptic seizures and he uses that to con people out of money on the subway. Well, they talk about how that person was inspired by a person that they'd actually seen on the subway doing this and who was actually living in a very nice apartment in Midtown or something uh, doing this until that person got busted. So there is an element of truth in all of this stuff. And certainly when you get to the uh, to the to the fat guy that they busted out of that, they uh, got out of jail because the evidence didn't get to court, who is the. uh Boy, is just the kind of the worst kind of per- person, rapist, murderer, or murderer, rapist, uh, probably in that order. Yeah. Uh, and the things that are implied. Hopefully in that order. Yeah. Uh, implied with with the young girl are just, it's just disturbing from, I mean, from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodrigo, yeah. what did you think about this story? I thought that it was good. I mean, you know, for a... For a gritty crime drama, it's actually, you know, it has that feel. It has that thing where it's like, oh, I'm trying to get out of the game. Right, right, they right, keep right. pulling me back in kind of thing. Right. Um, the, you know, the main character turns out kind of as an afterthought. Well, maybe not as an afterthought, but as, 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 a, as a plot point that doesn't uh, come to fruition until the very end, turns out to be a badass. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoy... The fact that this book has a protagonist who is secretly a badass, mm-hmm. but unlike every you know superhero book that has a protagonist who's secretly a badass, or a lot of other books, um, you you really don't see that. The character oh, is, yeah. when he is in fact yeah. so reluctant to show his badassitude that he like he will not do it it's not like a moment where it's like yeah, there's a, well that i'm backed into a corner time to be a badass it's like no i'm gonna find a way out of this in which i can just not interact with anybody yeah, there, and he keeps scene, doing that greta and leo escape out into the country and mm-hmm. she's been shot in the gut or the chest and she's healing 
But, you know, they have a little romantic encounter and then they're having a pie at the diner. Mm-hmm. And this is, of course, Hillbillyville. Um, and there's two redneck guys at the counter like, hey, baby, why don't you leave this guy alone and come with me? And they're just being real rude. And and uh, he doesn't stand up for himself. In fact, when they try to um, start something with him, he totally backs down. And mm-hmm. so you do think he is he is a coward. He is mm-hmm. lives up to the to the to the story arc. But when it comes to this yep. reveal of people always wanted to know, you know, who killed so-and-so, and they're like, is it you? And, and he's like, no, I didn't kill him. Leo's saying this. He goes, but I have that ability. And then just starts blowing people in the head and pulling out Uzis. Yeah. And that'd be, be maybe yeah. a terrible shot with an Uzi. All you have to do is point it in the general direction. And he's blowing people up left and right. And it yeah. is pretty, pretty yeah. badass. Yeah. It, you, it's pretty brutal. It starts off and he's, uh, it started off and then you get this heist and he's like, oh, it's going to go, they're going to get money, and they're going to get away. Right. And he's like, oh, oh, no. Oh, no, they're, he's dead. Oh, no, they're dead. Oh, the cops are going to kill him. And then it gets better, and then it just gets worse and worse yeah. and worse. I, you know, as as bad as the events are, like Rodrigo said, this is a really good story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I this is it. well-crafted, and it is well put together, and it is just, uh, for me, it was just, wow, this is a good book. I want to read more, and so I have... Through my digital uh, subscription, my Comicsology on my iPad, I'm buying all the issues that they have currently of Criminal. Mm-hmm. I think they've got the second arc yeah. Lawless available now. They may have some of the other stuff. I mean, there's like six different volumes, so there's like thirty some, I think around thirty um, issues of Criminal. And of course, uh, Brubaker just finished his run on Captain America, um, and that was good. But I mean, this is something that is not spandex tights and and flying around superhero stuff this mm-hmm. is reality and it and i really kind of started to get into ed brubaker with the the, the fatal series that's going on at image comics mm-hmm. fatality and this is really really good the bad thing about this book is spoiler nobody makes it out alive right except for the little girl well, she's the no, only the one that makes char- it out the main character makes it the out main alive because they don't imply yeah. it he's just sitting there going uh, the last no, oh this hurts more than i thought here's dying harder than it looks yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, here's the the, the, the the yes the resonance of that is that he's the guy who never gets caught well that's true and too. by the end of the book he's gotten caught even though the only like he could have escaped it by dying but right, he, right. this one time he, he doesn't get away okay i can see that cuz that was kind of the open ended bit as is he dead or is he not dead Especially oh, yeah, with the police rolling up to the scene. Now, that's that's the, the, the little bit of uh, kind of outer limits-ish mm-hmm. ending to it is that, mm-hmm. yes, this time he doesn't get away and he doesn't even die. Yeah. Um, Roy L.T. Roy L.T. The uh, oh, head, the head right. uh, kingpin. All I could think of, the minute that he appeared on the screen, Ving Rhames from Pulp mm. Fiction. I was thinking Michael Clark Duncan. As, yeah, as Kingpin or just something else because no, just a, a Michael Clark. Well, I didn't necessarily think Ving Rhames because Marcellus Wallace to me is a very fully realized character, right? But he doesn't he doesn't have the flair or the verbal ticks that royalty all right has. But I could hear you know Michael Clark Duncan in that deep voice talking. Yeah, you know I got kind of a Barry White seventies vibe yeah, yeah. off the character. Yeah, but. I can definitely see the the Ving Rhames in the look mm-hmm. is definitely there, but yeah, you can you can see you know I think that may have been an intentional. It, it may have well, been. honestly, I think that they may have been homaging the same thing that Tarantino was homaging. Yeah, yeah, so very very much thing. so. Um, 
So while we're talking about the art and what, what's inspiring it, uh, Zach, what did you think of the art in this issue, Sean Phillips? Is this the first time that you've looked at his stuff or have you seen it before? As much as I know, it's the first I've seen of his. Okay. Um, the problem was I started reading this and I was really tired, so a lot of the characters looked similar. Yeah. And then I had to go back and do it, but they still kind of... It kind of took me a while to get used to distinguishing all the different characters, but once you get into that groove of this is what each one looks like, it's really good and just really good storytelling through the art. I think it may be kind of hard to kind of describe Sean Phillips' art. I call it dirty and rough. Yeah, mm-hmm. not that it's not that it's sloppy, not that it's half-ass done. But again, right. if we're referring to a a seventies film and that grittiness, that dirtiness that the film has and that the story has, that's what we see in Phillips' art. It's very it's very dirty and, and gritty and rough, and it really, I think, complements mm-hmm. uh, what's going on here. Well, yeah, I know him from two places. The first is Hellblazer, mm. which is very much that same sort of vibe, although with you know a mystic thing. And the other is the original Marvel Zombies. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. The, that dark and and vicious and horrible take on the Marvel universe. Phillips has a very very interesting edge to his art because he can draw a perfectly normal person looking perfectly normal and also creepy as all hell i don't remember the the big fat guy what's his name who shows up i I don't know but he was he was pretty bad he does these things where he'll be standing there and he's you know he'll he'll get this big goofy smile on his face this fatty arbuckle oh come on oh shucks ma'am and then he will he'll turn and it'll be the exact same image the exact same face but just this darkness all of a sudden mm-hmm. in it. Just this is like, like Gantry or something. Unbelievable expression. I think his I name's remember, Gantry or something like that. Gantry uh, or Gantry. Something like Gantry. that. That guy is creepy. Yep. Yeah, he is. Um, He's the one who, who walks around. Delron. Like, He's oh, Delron. Delron, yeah. 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 He he's he's like I can't wait till we sell this kid. I'm like oh I hate you and I hope. You well, I don't think he. I mean, there were some other implications on you know why oh, he yeah. needed to get ice and other stuff that was kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Rodrigo, thoughts on the uh, thoughts on the art? I think it it really complement. I mean, uh, formally, it's really good. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it really complements the piece. There, there's a lot of, I think, conscious choices here that are really strong. You basically never, almost never, see somebody's face fully lit. Right. Um. Yep. There, there's always like a really strong shadow, even if they're you know if they're outdoors dur- during daylight. There's still a really, it might be small, but there's still a really dark shadow going yeah, down yeah. their face. It's like nothing, pretty much nothing in this world is fully lit, except, and you know, I mean, you, you could argue that this isn't always necessarily the case. Greta gets a few fully lit faces, mm-hmm. and her daughter gets a, f- a few fully lit faces, but pretty much nobody else gets them. So if you want to look at it from the point of view of the character, mm-hmm. you know, there's only two sources of light in this world. Right. Um, and that's, you know, this gives it that very noir feeling, mm-hmm. which is probably why I like the Fatal series so much, because it is set in that 50s, really horror pulp mm-hmm. uh, time period. And this kind of has a lot of that same feeling, too, where it's very dark and it, the story is dark. The art is dark. Uh, it's it's still rendered very nicely. Composition is great. Um, action is great. And, you know, they could have been a lot more bloody in a lot of this stuff, even when Delron is getting all cut up. Um, and being attacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even then you're not seeing, you know, like body parts go flying or you don't, you see a, a blood splatter, but you right. don't see the guy just 
you know, bleeding out and shooting yeah. stuff out from his from his jugular or anything like that. Or even when they he comes back and finds Greta on the floor, he, she's not. From what you've read of the guys that done, they could have done horrible things to right, her. Right. But even it seemed conservative through the art. From what? Yeah, yeah. She's just kind of laying there, there somewhat yeah. twisted in a uh, puddle of blood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It works. What doesn't work in this uh, story, Rodrigo? Uh, really, the main thing that doesn't work for me is that you know crime's kind of not my thing. I don't, I don't love crime comics. Um, but this one helped. Like I, so I had to kind of force myself to read through the first couple issues because mm-hmm. you know one thing that you get with crime stories is nobody's gonna be likable. You know, right? Right. People might be interesting, but nobody's likable. It's difficult to relate for me. Um, having so having long ago put away my criminal uh, <laughs> activities um, on on penalty of my third strike. Um, exactly. He back in 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 the old country, he was known as La Sopapilla. Yeah, that's that's definitely <laughs> what it was. Um, <laughs> he had complete control of the bathrooms on the east side. Yep. Nobody. Nobody got through without uh, without paying taxes. Right. Anyway, uh, yes, crime is not <laughs> the thing that I like the most. And, you know, the pace on this is kind of slow and deliberate mm-hmm. up until, you know, up until the... Uh, and, I mean, even when stuff hits the fan, you get a lot of long moments of them just kind of like hanging out in the farm and yeah, doing yeah, stuff yeah. like that. That's you know, what I was really worried about is that it was going to be too much time on that farm. Right. But- I think they did try to I, keep it moving. Yeah, I think they did, and and they did. But uh, you know, I, honestly, there's really not much that's wrong with this book. This book is actually really solid. And mm-hmm. you know, the the only thing that's a deterrent for me is that it's kind of set in a genre that I'm not all that uh, interested in. Yeah, Zach, what about you? Uh, through my reading, the only thing I had a problem with was the beginning when they started that bank heist. Mm-hmm. I I didn't know this was the first volume, so through that, I thought this was like. Like that first like four pages was the end of a f- oh, previous volume, yeah, yeah. and so it was continuing off of that. Right. But once I figured out what the whole shindig was going on, that didn't really bother me too much. And then I went back and read through it, and it was really nice. Besides that, I thought it was really, really well done. The ending sequences of him going all berserker mode mm-hmm. was really well done. As he's just like inner monologuing most of it through the whole thing. It's really well paced and laid out. Matthew, is there anything that doesn't work for you in this? Maybe the child stuff. Actually, the well, the the child in danger plot line bothered me, and I think it was designed to be bothersome. That bothered me, and that always bothers me. I always kind of chalk that up to my own bias. For me, the fact that he does after you know four episodes of you could have heard a pin drop when Johnny stopped and blocked the door. All of a sudden, he goes into his berserker rage. That kind of that felt a little more shop worn than a lot of what they were doing. I mean, when you're dealing with a noir story, you're basically on Chandler Boulevard, you know, at the corner of Philip Marlowe Drive. And I, I, I think back to that one movie where they had Marlowe played by Elliot Gould from MASH. And I just kind of go, maybe not so much. I, I, I don't necessarily see Ross's dad as Philip Marlowe, but. Up to the point where they're working and you get to the, you know, the moment where, you know, I expected everybody to die at the end. I like the fact that he didn't die, but I also didn't like the fact that he didn't die. But in the final analysis, the the weak parts are weak parts 
of a pretty strong story. And there are things that I could sit and pick apart, but when you get to the end of it, it feels like it makes sense. There's a through line that makes sense. From the beginning, it's clear that this is what had to happen. Yeah. And Leo ends up in a situation where, you know, he's a three-time loser shooting for number four. And he gets to the end, and by God, loser number four hits him right in the eyes and leaves him bleeding on a street corner as the cops pull up. He loses pretty much everything. The only real bright spot in the story is that the little girl survives. But yeah. then you think, mm-hmm. what's her life going to be like? Her mother and her grandmother, her only living relatives, were just killed. Uh, some guy showed up and dropped her off with one of his criminal pals, and nobody has any idea who she is or where she's from. And just even that's depressing. It's kind of it's a squalid story, and that's great and awful all at once. All right. So Zach, is this a borrow, buy it, skip it? You definitely need to get a hold of this and read it. I don't. I, this wouldn't be a book that I would see on the shelf and like, oh, I should buy this right away. Mm-hmm. But then after reading it, possibly, I would like to read some future stuff from the series. Yeah. So through any means that I can grab those, then I would like it. So definitely need to borrow it and then possibly purchase the future volumes. Rodrigo. I think if you're into crime stories, this is a must-get. I mean, this is a crime story that uh, has bits and pieces that have been done before, but as as a whole, it felt fresh, mm-hmm. because largely because of the point of view of a character who was who kind of... Uh, who I think was, was an interesting take, you know, that kind of that cowardly guy. Right. Um, rather than the guy who is, like, just, like, super good at things, but he's got, like, a family and a baby, and he doesn't yeah, want to yeah, get yeah. back into the game. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy who doesn't want to get back into the game because he doesn't want to get killed. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> that that was interesting. That, to me, is what finally made me sit up and say, oh, you know what? This could Let's see where this goes. So I would say, uh, if you're into crime, go out and get it. Um, if you're not, then certainly borrow it because you might realize that you're into crime stories. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah I, I don't know if I'm, I'm super into crime stories. I kind of like that kind of... let me put it this way if you're looking for something different than capes and tights then yes i think this is a buy book uh because i think you might discover um something different than maybe what you've just been reading through the normal fare uh i like this a lot i i'm continuing to read the series i can't wait to get into lawless and find out what really happened to uh to to uh, To leo's father (laughs) yeah leo's father (laughs) this. this is this is a big thumbs up matthew what about you i would say definitely borrow it even if you don't necessarily care for crime stories, I think it's a nice change of pace. It's not something that you're going to immediately say, oh, well, that was awful. You know, it's it's skillfully done to the point where I think you can enjoy it, even if you don't necessarily enjoy the genre. And once you've read it, you can kind of get a feel for whether you want to read all the rest of The Criminal and you can be like, oh, well, this is pretty cool. I would say that from a comic book perspective, it's more successful for me because it's so much harder to do a decent crime comic seemingly. And I like the fact that it's a very well realized take on kind of familiar territory that doesn't feel like it's all cliche. Definitely check it out. I would say borrow it for sure. All right. Thank you for that, Matthew. Thank you, Rodrigo. Thank you, Zach. And thank you listeners 
for downloading and listening in this week. And that wraps it up for this issue. Thank you for being part of the Major Spoilers experience. Don't forget to check out Majorspoilers.com. We've got plenty of other uh, content on the site. We've got plenty of other podcasts for you to listen to. And next week, we're going to be taking a look at Neil Gaiman's The Books of Magic. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well, I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew to kick my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler. It's like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine me In the Middle East With a king sign throwing soldier What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah Major spoiler. Major spoilers. It's copyright 2012.